0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, Search professionals and social media experts.
2: Well, good Friday, everybody. Uh, we have on the line today, Jonathan London. Um, Jonathan uh, is works for the Improved Performance Group, uh, and he has just come out with a, a new book called Using Technology to Sell: uh, Tactics to Ratchet Up Results. And uh, I, I guess I got to thank Isaac, uh, Isaac here from Tinderbox. Um, Isaac introduced Jonathan to us and, and uh, coordinated and, and uh, got him on the show. So thanks, Isaac. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And uh, and Jonathan, are you there? Can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can. Maybe you shouldn't thank Isaac until after
0: the show. See how it goes. You know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I I think we'll be okay.
2: Yeah, we've had we've had fantastic shows with uh, with Isaac. He's he's a, he's a good good guy to have in the room. I think we've screwed up. Um, many, many more shows without him than with him. (laughs) Well, Jonathan, uh, thanks for joining us today, and thanks. It's always good on a Friday afternoon. This is how we kind of wind down the week and give people things to think about for the weekend. Um, We love the fact that we've brought sales uh, professionals and experts in here quite a bit um, over the years, uh, over the last year, and it's because... We definitely see a convergence of, of marketing and sales, and and the necessity now for the two organizations to be tied a lot closer together, especially through, you know, the utilization of social media and, of course, uh, of course, technology from a tracking standpoint and and in uh, helping marketing efforts. I think um, more more than other marketing organizations, I think uh, I, I'd like to say personally you know, that I absolutely respect what it takes um, to have a world-class sales organization in place. And uh, my business definitely didn't take off until uh, I went and saw a sales professional and a sales trainer uh, to help me iron out, you know, the the, the aspects of how I was um, selling our products and services. So welcome aboard. Yeah, well, thanks.
0: You're, you're talking to a real
2: uh, sales...
0: A bigot, I guess. I'm I'm a I'm a huge believer in the power of good selling. Um, so uh, hopefully, I'll give you a good view and talk to you about how it can work nicely with uh, marketing in today's day.
2: Yeah. Well, you you absolutely will. I mean, I I I think over time, the two organizations used to be separate. Marketing used to be this. You know, we would create the imaginary brand <laughs> and the logo and the slogan and the pretty material that salespeople then had to somehow try to utilize out in the field. And we never were intimate with our customers or with our prospects. And technology now has changed that. The web has made it interactive that marketers now, you know, we we had no training in objection management before um, we had no training in you know dealing directly with the customer and customer service issues. We had uh, no experience dealing with prospects and how to guide them through the sales process. And yet, every organization just pushed social media onto their marketing teams. And yeah. and in my opinion, it was it was very short sighted. In fact, in fact, not only did they push it on their marketing teams, a lot of times they they kept their sales teams from it which i thought was uh incredibly um you know short sighted do you have any any comments on that
0: well I, I think it ties into my my perspective on what's happening i you know it's nice to hear from a marketing guy how you know how he perceives it the the thing that i think has happened uh in a lot of organizations that i work with is um there's such a dependency now on marketing to create leads, so a what is a lead that becomes a hot subject and then the what I think has happened as part of that is that in a lot of again a lot of organizations, not all but enough to to make notice the sales people are so dependent on that next lead and there's so much pressure on marketing to generate it that I think sales skills, sales processes have eroded because the sales teams are kind of saying, well, if I don't close this one, then I'll get the next one. And um, I I think that's a very important issue to discuss in terms of how each organization is responsible to each other to um, not uh, diminish the quality of anything that they're doing which obviously is not an intentional thing, but I think it's a byproduct of what's happening today with with marketing and sales. Well, definitely, we're,
2: everybody's looking at it as a, you know, the the old funnel. <laughs> and so everything is this process-oriented, and we're used to this production line, you know, system for everything, and, and sales isn't really a production line. Um, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes months, it takes personal relationships. It, it takes a lot more than just, you know, slapping some pricing in front of everybody and, and seeing if they'll sign a contract. Yeah. Or,
0: um, you know, I, I think that it. I think sales needs to become a little bit more regimented, without becoming formal and um, structured and inflexible. But I think that um, you know the best salespeople. Kind of know which steps they want to take in the sales process, and then they flex. And uh, since you guys are in Indianapolis, I'll I'll use an analogy that may not be as well received this year as it might have been a couple of years ago. But uh, you know Peyton Manning, he'd come up to the come up to the line, and you know you know he would call an audible if he saw something that was different than what was going on. Right? Um, he's got the, the 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 skill to do that. Um, most salespeople are calling audibles every play. And they don't even know why, and it's because they haven't committed to running the kinds of plays or formal sales process that they should to get the best uh, close rate and to close the most deals. There's like a, they just don't like it. They're not comfortable with it. So I think if if you can bring good marketing qualification to a salesperson, and then or sales organization, and then the, that sales organization can, you know, as much as possible, follow a routine pr- approach. You know, modify it as needed, but not don't don't modify it just because. That's how I think you can get the best results from both sides of the
2: uh, organization. Well, it's a great analogy. Reading the defense, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fantastic.
2: Question for you on that front is: uh, I've seen people struggle in the sales organizations, um, and I've seen I've seen companies fail. In working with their sales organizations, where there's a real difference of culture between either the leadership and the sales department, and I'll I'll give a for instance, you know I've seen sales departments where world class salespeople, you know, have been basically you know, been brought in the office and and uh, lambasted because they're not filling in Salesforce properly or or not reaching their quota of calls or or things like that. And mm-hmm. and I've seen in other organizations where they did leave the salesperson um, alone to call these audibles, let's say, but keep them somewhat within a structure, they just blossomed, you know, and took off. Is there a, is it always a happy medium? Uh, you talked a little bit about, you know, you wish salespeople were a little bit more um, maybe maybe educated or or prepared. Prepared, you're structured. Um, yeah. is, is it a medium that you have to build within a culture of an organization? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, for it's an age-old question
0: of art and science. What, how much is art, how much is science? You know, and you know most salespeople learn when to make adjustments to uh, a sales situation to accommodate it and you know try to close the deal. But I, I'm you know, I work with a lot of companies who are on a very fast pace. I'm working with a lot of digital media companies. I'm working with a lot of high-tech companies. I work with a lot of startup companies. And the pace of their environment is so fast that they they feel that having any kind of process or structure is uh, antithetical to being productive. And I think it's a real misnomer. I think it's... Uh, uh, you have to be flexible. You have to adjust to a market. But I, I think that... The, there's a, a real, a real uh, concern about putting structure into a sales organization because they think it's going to hurt people's ability to flex and adapt and all that. I happen to think the opposite. I think the crazier things are, uh, the more you have to rely on some kind of formal process that uh, gives you more organization, more structure, and again lets you see what's going on better, so you can adapt appropriately. So the answer to your question is, yep, it's always a mix of art and science. There's always a happy medium, uh, depending upon the environment you're in, the culture you're in. I think people are going way too in, in the markets I work with a lot. I feel they're going way too far to a lack of formality or a lack of process. Uh, and again, when I, I want to be clear to everybody who's listening, to this I don't mean that it's, it's it, you know, it's handcuffs. It's like you have to do this now, but it's guidelines, it's plays that you run that you know you win, you win more often. And I think a lot of companies aren't doing that um, as well as they could.
3: Yeah, and I I think – this is Isaac, and I think part of what you're describing is um, not doing things in a way that can be measured and doing things, you know, without structure, you can't measure it. So now you don't know what you're repeating, and if everybody's doing their own thing – that can really inhibit your ability to scale. Um
0: yeah, it's a, it's a great that's a great comment. You can't capture best practices.
3: Right? Yeah. And, like and so that's, if we took what frustrates the marketing folks is we need to figure out repeatable processes.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Um,
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I, so that's a great comment. Again, I don't I don't hear, you know, I I love hearing the marketing side of it because uh you know, and, and then you may there was a comment made earlier about using uh, you know, uh, CRM, Salesforce, whatever. You know, salespeople hate that stuff. So here you have the marketing side relying on what accurate data is going into the CRM to make decisions on what to do with marketing. Salespeople don't want to do it. Uh, there's no best practices captured and then it's hard to it's hard to know where to invest your money and your energies and your times, right? No matter what the marketing medium is. So yeah. it's uh so yeah, you know. But the other thing I find, and this is, you know, this will date me a little bit, um, uh, but here's another observation I made recently. A lot of the management that I'm working with is younger management, and they they come from the same belief system of not wanting to be structured and, you know, not liking formality. So as managers, they don't want to impose it either. So you know, it's like a self-perpetuating philosophy. And it's um you know
2: it's just an interesting way to watch businesses run now and and let's go back in history a little bit more. How did you get started uh in sales training uh
0: well, I was in the corporate world um from nineteen seventy five to nineteen ninety four uh in sales and management in high tech companies and Leading and bleeding edge companies. And then in 94, I just decided I didn't want to be a part of a company anymore and I wanted to do my own thing. So I uh, reached out to a couple of gentlemen who were in the sales training business and uh, started with them. And then in 2000, kind of separated and uh, have been doing my own thing since. So I always liked training. I majored in college and history and education, so I always liked teaching. Uh, I always liked learning and training and then I just put it into my profession in, in nineteen ninety four. So just uh I had had enough working for companies. I'm not a polit- a political guy. Um, although I can play politics, I don't like doing it. And uh I just like teaching. So I uh I started out in ninety four and you know, here I am, eighteen years later and you
2: know, knock on wood, things are good. That's fantastic. Congratulations. And that's a unique background to have, yeah, definitely. Well, let's yeah. let's take a short break. I want to uh um give a word from our sponsors. We'll do a couple here or uh, Mindjet and uh and Delivera. And when we get back, let's let's start digging in a little bit uh to the book. Um Jonathan, uh, for everybody who is joining us now, Jonathan has uh written Using Technology to Sell. Uh basically tactics to ratchet up results. Uh, and, and we want to, this is a fascinating topic. And I think, I think one of the things that we can jump into is, you know, talking to salespeople that are, are, maybe a little bit afraid of technology and maybe talk about, uh, how it can actually help them. So we'll be right back.
4: Each and every week you get bombarded with hundreds of emails, dozens of meetings, countless requests, updates, and reminders and a deluge of -of out-of-control deadlines and tasks. More information and distraction means less communication, which affects your productivity, efficiency, and your sanity. At MindJet, we offer the tools to help you get the job done. MindJet takes that information overload and organizes it visually in terms people can understand and shares it with those who actually need it. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more.
1: Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delibera.com or call 866 866- Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog.
2: So thanks to our sponsors, Mindjet uh, and Delivera. They do an absolutely fantastic job. Delivera is a great email marketing platform that uh, they just do a great job taking care of their customers. And and Mindjet is really on that leading edge of uh, process mapping and mind mapping. Um, So thanks to both of them. Uh, we're here with Jonathan uh, London, who wrote Using Technology to Sell, and he has his own company, IPG, um, which is basically a sales training uh, company. And uh, we have Isaac with us from Tinderbox, who introduced us. Uh, Jonathan, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, that we have uh, many of the sales force out there. They're educated. They're experienced. They're absolutely intelligent. But technology tends to frighten them a little bit, uh, or, or or maybe intimidates them a little bit. With social, the advent of social media and CRM, and tracking and analytics, what kinds of things do you do? You educate these sales folks on that that lets them overcome that fear and actually see um, how technology can help them. Uh,
0: that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, like it, to me, there are people who love technology, um, are kind of in the middle, and then you know, I, I, I affectionately call them luddites. You know, they just stay away from it, <laughs> uh, right? Uh, it, it, interestingly enough, you can find some luddites selling technology, so that's a little bit of a problem. But um, I think one thing that has to be addressed is the way to the way to be see technology is that it's just a tool. To uh, to an end, it's a means to an end. Like um, in uh, any technology, is there to enable people to do things better, faster, less expensive, whatever it is, right? So, salespeople need to start with the understanding of what their business goals and objectives are as salespeople where they want to focus their energies, which markets they want to go after, right? But, but don't, you know, almost make a, make a business plan per se about where you want to go and where your energies should be spent and where you're going to get the most bang for the buck and the greatest yield for the uh, time you spend. And then you go and choose the technologies, the social media platforms, the databases, the collaboration tools, that are going to give you the best chance of uh, enabling what you're trying to do. So the first thing I say is, you know, first know what where you want to go, and then when you start looking at the plethora of technology that are out there, you have a filter on which one to choose. So that, that's, a, that's a big thing. Uh, the second thing we like to tell people is, especially if they work in corporations, uh, salespeople in corporations tend to depend and wait for the corporation to do everything for them, With the advent of all the technology that's out there, salespeople can do a lot for themselves. They don't have to wait for the company to do it. So they can take advantage of social media. They can set up their own LinkedIn groups, their own Facebook pages. They can have their own Twitter handle. Um, They can be part of blogs. They can do their own blogging so that they can start creating their own brand, their own persona, their own networks, and start gathering the data and bringing attention to themselves as part of a company. So that they're in a better position than, uh, than their competition. So we try to show them, you know, how to do it and how easy it is. Um, and um, you know, we—that's that, pretty much the message. You know, know where you want to go. Look at the different technologies you can use at each stage of the of the sales process. Choose the the one you best can. If the company doesn't do it for you. Do it for yourself if that's possible. Uh, and uh, you know, once people once people get to know it, it's pretty easy. You know, you got to get them to stick their toe in the water. Uh, the way I got to know Isaac is in writing the book. We were doing just that. We were showing people how to use different technologies at different stage of the sales process. And people are still pretty much generating proposals in the same way they did 20 years ago. They're cutting and pasting, you know, word documents. So, you know, I wanted to find a a much better way of doing that. And I, you know, I found Tinderbox and spoke to Isaac. And, you know, their ability to create the most dynamic proposals, but then to track them and monitor them and see who's going, who's looking at them and, you know, provide the kind of follow-up, it's just fantastic. And, you know, it doesn't cost that much for an individual. Uh, It's not that hard to use. And it's just all the kinds of things that individual salespeople can start taking advantage of. Well, where are you sending the check Mama? <laughs> no, no, no no check
3: i i appreciate, i appreciate that um yeah no that's right.
0: yeah um, yeah, so that's um so that's kind of what we do um, what we're trying to do with the book is like i said we've we've kind of delineated a sales process. And at each stage of that process, we try to show in sales leaders, individual salespeople, what different technologies they can use at each stage. And obviously, social media is a huge part of that, right? I mean, social media can be used to uh, find who you want to sell to, uh, reach out to them, interact with them during the sales process, uh, see who they interface with so you can interface with their influencers. Uh, have conversations uh and be present where they might go online to to do some research about the industry or about you or your company. So, you know, once people understand it, once you put it into something that they know which is selling, it becomes less uh overwhelming and then they can understand how it works better. And
2: and over the years, how are you seeing this change the change the either the process of sales or How is this changing the actual salesman's day-to-day practices? Yeah. Well,
0: I think, um, well, as I I mentioned earlier, uh, in a negative way, I think salespeople are becoming too dependent on marketing for their leads. Uh, But aside from that, if we were to go into a a quote-unquote more traditional model where people have to find their own opportunities, um, I think people who know how to use social media – and on the social media, again, I'll use LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I think, I, I don't know what it should be categorized maybe as uh, databases, but uh, companies like uh, OneSource or uh, InsideView or uh, Hoover's that can provide databases of people. Um, you know, good salespeople now incorporate using those tools as part of preparing to reach out. So, you know, there's a big thing like, uh, should people cold call anymore? Uh, Should people even bother picking up the phone anymore? And what I teach people is there's never, ever, ever such a thing as a cold call anymore. Like there's so much information that's available that I can always make a call to somebody about something that's happening to them or to their company or to their industry, always. And I can do it very quickly. One way it's changed the way salespeople uh, have, should work is by staying on top of the things that are happening in the places they want to go and always have current events, uh, things that are situational and topical to reach out, right? Uh, the other way it should change is the sales process, and this is something that has a pet peeve of mine. I, once a salesperson meets with a prospect, I think it's pretty much the same. So uh, what I mean by that is I have to meet with a prospect. I have to understand why they're interested, either if they reached out to me or they took my call. I have to try to understand what their business goals and objectives are. Um, I have to understand what their buying process is and who I'm competing with. And then I have to create a compelling uh, proposal or argument or value of my offer. Right Now, I think maybe that's become a little bit more difficult because there's so much out there and things have become commoditized, but I don't think the process itself has changed. I think people have to be a little bit more focused and a little bit sharper about how they create value through the knowledge of their offering, the knowledge of the person, company, industry they're speaking to, and how to create a very unique uh, uh, offer with whatever they have the process itself has just become more highlighted in different areas and then, and then i think if they do that they can hold off the price erosion a little bit better
2: and and i think i i, I man I, that is just amazing advice and i guess walking into those situations now it's understanding that the buyer is also very intelligent and very well informed more than ever have been in the past as well right yeah. uh, I, I I talk to people sometimes that you know in the past it was um, in fact I did a presentation where I jerked out of myself but I, I danced on the stage and showed people you know in the old the, the Katie you know Sadie Hawkins dances right And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Sadie Hawkins dances you know it was, um, a guy walked across the room and asked a girl to dance and they went in the middle and danced and nowadays it's the guy that's got all the moves in the middle of the room that's getting the and <laughs> Everybody else is a wallflower, you know. Well, yeah. I said when I get when I get uh, if I if I
0: ever get reincarnated, I want to come back as a wild turkey because the way wild turkeys a uh, male wild turkey because the way they mate is they go into the woods, they start you know making sounds and all the women chase after them. So that'd be my that's my fantasy about. You mean that doesn't
2: happen to you now?
0: that <laughs> no. <laughs> I tried. I I tried it the other day, and nothing. I got. I think
2: I got. I think I got Lyme, I I got Lyme disease.
0: <laughs>
2: but uh, it's, it's, it's got to be intimidating to a salesperson that you know came from uh, you know the previous life where they were the educator, they were the person. Right. Informed of the products and services, the ups, and the downs, uh, and now they've got a customer coming to them that knows everything. They know what their competitors' pricing is, they know what their pricing is, they know the bad reports online. You know, the, they, they, yeah, know right. they know
0: everything. Everything. But here's what they don't know, and this is what I teach salespeople. I think this is because this is, you know, you scratch your head. It's and depending on some industries, like you know, let's use automobiles as an as an example. I know everything, you know. It's like I know what you paid for it. I know what uh, uh, um, rebates the manufacturer is giving, right now. But I'm not talking about that world. I'm talking more of like a B to B world, right? Um, I the the, the one th- the two things that that you can't research, and that a salesperson can bring value about are insights. It's like. If I know my industries that I'm selling to really well, and I know my offering really well, I know how to apply what I can give to you in a way that nobody else can. I can bring insights into the utility and the value of my offer. You can't you can't research that, okay? So that's one of the real values that p- salespeople have to bring. Now they they can't just be uh, data dump. They have to provide insights, things that. Only they know because of their expertise. And then the second thing I teach salespeople is as part of the qualifying process, when you're in front of a prospect, you need to know how they are using social media to make their decision. It's not just uh, who's involved, is it Joe, Sally, Paul? It's, okay, Joe, Sally, Paul are involved. How are you using social media? Who are your formal and informal influences? Um, how are you making decisions using information that's online or in, in blogs? Because as a salesperson, you want to know what's being said and how to affect that. Uh, and and I think if the salespeople can start incorporating that into their process, uh, I think they can, again, offset the commoditization and the, the indifference that prospects are having towards salespeople these days. And I think marketing can help with that. I think I think of the, the more compelling kinds of packages or solutions um, that are insightful—they're not standard, but they provide insight—and the more attractive they are from a from a, a, a content and graphical perspective, um, and the more uh, big data insights marketing can have, then that's how marketing can really help salespeople—you know—drive bigger and uh, more uh, more
2: sales with higher profits. When it that definitely hard. It definitely provides an at, at minimum, it provides an impression of the company that they are authorities and right. subject matter experts, and they are the right company to help you execute your strategy. And that's uh, a great comment. And content Absolutely. marketing, content marketing. I always tell people that there's there's got to be value in the content that you're providing. Um, that makes people understand that you know you're you're providing value, um, yeah. and once you're providing value, now the product is almost a secondary thing. That I can get a you know there's there's tons of email vendors out there, but the fact that you know and I'm gonna you know talk up Deliver again, but the fact that Deliver kind of hand walks their clients through the process. And gives them that one-to-one treatment. That's that's something that you're not going to get, you know, with everybody else. So it's not a matter of how much am I paying per email, how much is the total package, what's my you know return on investment. Now it's a matter of if I'm an organization that needs that extra helping hand, this is the right organization to help me. Um, and, and it's it's just great. This is a just a fascinating conversation. I've often yeah. talked. You know, Matt, Matt Mendleton is a, a sales coach that I've worked with here, mm-hmm. here regionally. Great, great guy. And we've often talked about there's really a need for someone to come out with a marketing and sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I love your title, right? Your title is Chief yeah. Revenue. <laughs> chief.
3: Oh, Thank you. Doug <laughs> just gave me a promotion. Revenue, <laughs> revenue <Revenant> marketing man. <laughs> <Thank> Revenant, Revenant <laughs> a great showy.
2: You can say anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love this show. Revenue marketing manager, and and I hear more and more out in the field uh, that some companies are shifting to a chief revenue officer. And I, yeah. I, I love that because it, yeah. it totally breaks down the silos. You can't have exactly what you're talking about, that sales dependency on leads, and, oh, we're getting crap leads. That's why we're not selling well. And then you've got the marketing folks that... They can't sit there and blame the sales department for not closing. They've got to take some, you know, some responsibility in how they're creating those leads, the messaging, everything else. Uh and I think they have to be aligned. I mean, they have to be aligned, right? I mean, uh, yeah.
0: the more marketing knows, the better they'll qualify. The better they'll, you know, do search engine optimization or, you know, uh, you know, pay-per-click or whatever, right? I mean, obviously, you know, it's pretty yeah.
3: Pretty pretty
0: direct
3: equation, you know. And this kind of all goes back to I mean, Doug and I both um, both previously came from a company Compendium, which is a content marketing platform. Oh, okay. And There, the message was, you know, how do you empower your employees to blog? How do you, you know, how do you make sure that they know what keywords to be writing about, what topics wow. in the industry they should be talking about? So that you're empowering them to be thought leaders. How do, how do you empower them to be experts in their field? Um, because people buy from people, and if I'm talking to a salesperson and I know that they have a blog, I, um, the efficiency is my ability to trust them. Um, the time it takes to build that trust um, can get greatly reduced by um, by that. And
0: Isaac, you just I mean, you just said something that's so fascinating to me. It's like If a company, instead of prohibiting, were to to kind of make a responsibility of all their salespeople to blog, and they were to say, here are the keywords you should use, I mean, just imagine the the way the spiders and the search engines would find that. I mean, my God, what a great idea. (laughs) I've never heard of anybody doing that. That's such a great idea.
2: And we'd have a lot less of those crap tweets that say, buy now. <laughs> no, it, yeah. I, Go ahead. Well, it it is. I mean, it's part of the problem, and then that's that's not pushing the salespeople. That's marketing and sales that yeah. they're not prepared. Y- right. You said it earlier, and I, Jonathan, I thought it was an awesome analogy. You know, and that's calling the audible. You know, during during the call. But the fact is, the football team has a plan before they ever come on the field, and that's right. And that's necessary in marketing and sales as well. If you're going to put yourself out there. You have to understand, you know what the advantages and disadvantages are. Your people need to understand; they can't just jump on Facebook and start talking about the company. They need to understand what you're trying to achieve with Facebook um, to 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 increase the value of those relationships and to you know basically hand those prospects over to the salespeople who can then massage them and break the door. Yeah. Yep. I I, I have this. Thing that companies need to have, uh,
0: like a, a CIO, but it's it's not information; it's innovation officer, and that somebody will probably be in marketing or strategy. That their responsibility is to kind of do what I did in writing my book: is their only responsibility is to just constantly be looking for new technologies that are evolving out there. You know, and, you know, just anything as a service, any HTML. And you know they're responsible, and you could also they could be responsible for competitive analysis also, as part of that. But just as a way of constantly seeing how technology and innovation and data can be used to improve, and differentiate, you know. We, and I, I don't think I don't think anybody's really dedicating themselves enough to that.
2: We we have one friend of ours that's out there doing it, Kevin Muller. Is that right? Yeah, he works at a he works at a company up in Fort Wayne, and and that's his job. His job is literally scouring the internet and keeping up on all of the latest and greatest technologies. And then as an agency, they pass that knowledge down.
0: Oh, he's for an agency. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah I think that's. I mean, I think not doing that is like you're an an acronym. I mean, it's it's such a it's such a necessary part. But I did before I forget. I want to say I want to uh, just say one thing about what both of you guys I said. You know, when we teach selling, we say we 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 start out with every class by saying nobody wants what you're selling. I don't care what you're selling. I say nobody wakes up in the morning, turns to their loved one, and says, "You know, honey, I really hope somebody calls me from whatever company I'm training." Right? They they don't, what they want, they want what you're selling if it helps them get what they want and avoid what they don't want. You know, two very basic emotions: fear and desire. Right, and so the more you can tie in your solution to what it is that they want on a, a a business and personal level, and what they want to avoid, the more compelling your offer is. Right, so you know people are overwhelmed these days, so the easier you can make it for them to decide, well, that eases their their anxiety about having to take a lot of time or get confused. Um, the The more you safe you can make them feel by showing them the depth of your organization or the quality of how you use technology and information, the safer it is, um, the more they'll want to buy you. Right? So it, again, technology is isn't in its own vacuum. It's got to address what people are going through on a personal and business level. And the more you can do that through sales and marketing, the more attractive your offer will be.
2: At a at a incredible extreme, and you're absolutely right, um we have a client Lifeline Data Center is Doug Peace is their salesperson, and he always tells us what he sells is um, job security for the chief technical officer, and that's that by minimizing downtime and by keeping uptime as a data center, they're impacting directly the likelihood of whether <laughs> the person at the company is going to get fired or get a bonus or whatever. Right. And right. Exactly. He's not selling real estate. He's not selling, you know, offline backups. He's he's literally selling that job security uh, to that CTO or CIO. And and I I love that anecdote. I mean, it's it's dead on that they're putting their lives into his hands, uh, and and they have to trust him with it. So it's it's not a matter of what's your cost per square foot, you know. It's it's, it's a much deeper deeper engagement than that.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, again, it's and, and you know, listen, you you guys know the technology that's out there is is sexy. It's fascinating. It's it's overwhelming. I mean, it's it, there's a glamour to it, and there's a suspense to it, and there's a there's a size to it that just can be overwhelming, right? You know, it's it's just it has so many of those nice qualities. But if again, if you can keep in mind what it is that you're doing it gives you a nice filter to decide which of the technologies are going to be the best for you. Absolutely. And I think it can ground a lot of us. So,
2: Well, let's let's take another short break. This is a fascinating conversation with Jonathan London. Jonathan London uh, runs the Improved Performance Group at IPGtraining.com, and we'll put that – hey, everybody, put that out on Twitter – um, so ipgtraining.com, and we'll also share the link to, to Jonathan's book. Let's do another uh, short take. This is a second message from Mindjet, and then uh, our other sponsor, uh, Right On Interactive, which is a uh, marketing automation uh, and customer lifecycle marketing system.
1: Marketing Tech Blog listeners, meet Right On Interactive. Right on Interactive is a marketing automation company that helps organizations win, keep, and grow business. They do this through a life cycle marketing solution that builds engagement throughout the life cycle of every prospect and customer. Recognized as a top-ranking marketing automation solution with a hands-on implementation strategy, Right On Interactive provides an engagement blueprint for sales and marketing teams so they see where to invest their resources to drive revenue. Engagement drives relationships, and relationships drive revenue. This is why nurturing relationships is key. Lifecycle marketing from Right On Interactive. It's the next evolution of marketing automation. To learn more, visit RightOnInteractive.com. Email info at RightOnInteractive.com.
4: Outside the box, pushing the envelope, back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming. MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to mindjet.com to learn more.
2: Yeah, we're back with Jonathan London from the Improved Performance Group. Jonathan, uh, this is usually the part of the show where we wrap things up and we want to promote you uh, and your services. You take on, uh large organizations uh like yeah. i mean some of the examples of your clients are uh rackspace and and who else isaac you were mentioning
3: um dell and and there's he's he's got a he's got a good portfolio
2: so IPDtraining.com, you guys can see the portfolio but um is that how is that the primary way of people to um, to get a hold of you is through the website, Jonathan.
0: Yeah, through my website.
2: I'm, I can. I'm happy to give you my email as
0: well. It's J. London like the city uh, at i p as in Peter g as in girl training dot com. So that's J. London at Training dot com. Um, and my website where you can get to my blog and you can uh, reach out to me, my phone number, and uh, get to me directly.
2: Mm-hmm and and the the book is already out correct people can purchase it now yes they can uh you can go to uh of course amazon.com and
0: uh and then on monday it'll be available as a ebook as well oh
2: fantastic oh that's yeah. awesome yeah. we we yeah. saw a significant increase in ebook sales when uh with our book it's actually kind of crossed paths that uh yeah well
0: yeah, the publisher i'm using is saying is that like 60% ebooks for them
2: yeah it's incredible I, well, I mean when you think of just the the outpouring of Kindle and nooks and sure. you know uh iPhones and you know everything else that that's a reader now it's it's absolutely incredible, and then we're all short of time, so it's a lot easier now to to um open up your ebook while you're sitting and waiting for an airplane as you were. <laughs> And and are you going to be at any uh any regional events or or, or events anytime soon speaking?
0: Mm, unfortunately I'm not. Um I wish I could give you something that I would be, but uh I was just at something up in Boston with uh, sales two o and selling power. But um nothing uh near 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 term. I'm gonna be uh in Europe for a couple of weeks, working pretty hard through September and then uh October taking a big initiative and doing more video based training so um oh wow
2: yeah, yeah Keep is this something working. is it something proprietary that you're looking at in along those lines, or um, I know there's a lot of platforms now that are popping up along those A lines. lot
0: of platforms um so what I'm in the midst of right now is uh, evaluating which platform i wanna use um and then the contents content's pretty much there. I um, have to do some work on, you know, putting them into a visual medium, but basically I'm just looking to do things that take the content I have and create not only a good le- teaching platform, learning platform, but to me it's interactivity. So I'm looking for platforms that allow me and the uh, student to interact in, in as real-time a basis as possible so we can be having kind of conversations that are kind of like this, right, yeah. which is yeah. where I think a lot of
2: knowledge comes out of. So. Wow, that's exciting. You're going to keep us up to date on that. I'd love to learn more when you launch that initiative on, on uh, what you chose and how. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the other cool. thing
0: I will say, and I, and I'll, uh, and I know you got to run is,
2: uh on a weekly basis
0: I'm going to be trying to update the book. Like even as I was writing the book, by the time I started it and finished it, you know, so many technologies that came out, or different technologies. So, uh, uh, trying on a weekly basis, there's going to be a place on the website where new technologies are going to be discussed and revealed and shown. So, keep the book current, keep keep people current on the different technologies they can use. So, that would be a good reason to come to the website as well.
2: Fantastic, and that's ipgtraining.com.
0: Andrew, here it is,
2: and on uh, Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, yep. So, uh, my handle on uh,
0: Twitter is John London. I'm uh, Not really doing much with Facebook on a business level yet, uh, but LinkedIn. Uh, just find me and Jonathan London. There's two of us. Well, there's many of us. There's one Jonathan London who's written a lot of ch- children's books. That's not me. Uh, I'm the Jonathan London that does sales training at the Improved Performance Group.
2: Just, just listen for the turkey calls. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, may, maybe that should be my mascot from now on. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a, idea. This,
2: this, has been such, this has been such a pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you for uh, my pleasure,
0: my thank pleasure. You, thank you so for much for having me
2: and uh, we'll uh, we'll post the audio online at Marketing Tech Blog for anybody. And Jonathan, that's got a embed link there as well that you can use on on your site. And uh, and thank you, thanks for joining the show, and and keep in touch with us. You bet, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you.
3: See you later, Jonathan.
2: Right. See you later. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks. <laughs>
1: Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.